0: What's up, guys? Freddy show on Dirt. Today is Monday, uh, New Year's Eve 2018. What's up? New Year, new me. I've got so many, so many New Year's resolutions, and I can tell you one of them is not a clean diet, my friends. I'm not going on a diet. I'm not going to the gym more. I'm not giving up Pop-Tarts in the microwaves or milk and cookies. Or fish sticks and mac and cheese or fillet Mignon. I don't care. I'm eating all the red meat in the world. I'm Ron Swanson times 100. I'm not doing it. To be perfectly honest with you, I think I feel good. And I, I think I like who I am as a person. You know, I think my number one resolution is to talk more baseball. And I think that's the only resolution I'm gonna maintain. And to be honest with you, that's the resolution that we should all have is to talk more baseball, to watch more baseball. I got a resolution for you to watch more baseball at work. That, my friend, is my number one New Year's resolution. Watch more baseball at work. Watch baseball during meetings. Watch baseball at my desk. Watch baseball while I drive my car down the road, while I'm stuck in traffic not moving. Not a dangerous driver. But I'm just saying, like, priorities are going to be key, right? And if you're a baseball player, listen... Baseball players aren't bodybuilders, and they're not basketball players. They don't have to be in the best shape, right? Like, CeCe Sabathia is not in great shape, right? He's not going to be on the cover of the Sexiest Man Alive, Us Weekly. But, like, he doesn't have to be. He's a dominant lefty who's a great teammate, literally plunked a guy for half a million dollars last year. Like, CeCe's a great dude. And I think us, as fans, we don't have to be in the best shape either because when we're going to baseball games supporting our teams, guess what? It's hot dog time, it's beer time, it's nacho time, and that's what we're doing. So top of my New Year's resolution is one, watch more baseball, two, tweet about more baseball, more social media, more, more, more baseball, hours of baseball every day. Also, other New Year's resolutions, one- I did order a skateboard. So I'm going to start skateboarding. Okay. Now that's the skateboarding is a little bit of a weird thing because I'm 35 years old. The last time I skateboarded seriously, I was 16 years old. Now I'm no mathematician, but that's, uh, that's like 19 years. Okay. So the last time I skateboarded was the length of a whole entire human growing up and going to college. That's a pretty good amount of time, but Specifically for that reason, I did buy health insurance this year, right? I don't buy health insurance. I'm like Ron Swanson. I don't go to the doctor, and my motto is this. You either get better or you die, and I don't need to go to the doctor, so I never never buy health insurance, but this year I did, and I thought to myself, I said, well, hell, man, if I'm going to buy health insurance, I'm going to do some risky stuff, so I bought a skateboard, and I've been skateboarding on it for the last three days. But I can't skateboard today because it's a rainy day, but I've been uh, going up and down the road on my skateboard, which is real weird because I wonder what people think when they see this big dude who's clearly not a kid, just like cruising the streets on a skateboard, man. But I'll tell you what, it makes me feel good, and until I break something, I'm going to continue to feel good, but I, I fully expect to you know, maybe be in a wheelchair for a little bit, um, I expect to hit my medical deductible by March, which is like over $2,000, I think. I don't know what, I don't even understand insurance, but. My deductible will be hit pretty quick. I'll tell you this, my deductible will be hit probably two or three weeks after pitchers and catchers report, dude, so that's bad news. But the good thing is about breaking a leg and an arm on a skateboard is you just get to sit on your ass at your house and watch baseball all day, which does fall in line with my New Year's resolution. This is totally great stuff, man. Um, Okay, let's. uh, that was four minutes of... Sorry about that, guys. Um, Where am I? Okay, baseball. Perfect, dude. Okay. I want to talk about Barry Bonds, man. Every year, the Baseball Hall of Fame, they vote on it, dude. And Barry Bonds, is he's one of my favorite baseball players of all time. I would say real quick, I have full confidence that he's one of my top five favorite baseball players of all time. I love Barry Bonds, man. I love the competitiveness at which he played. I know Barry Bonds gets a lot of shit from time to time about his attitude because he wasn't the nicest guy, but for me, I always liked that because I feel like that goes along with competition, you know? Um, For example, like, if you ever have been to the gym, um, which I rarely go, but on the slightest occasion that I do, I'm going to put in, like, some hardcore rap, Maybe three six mafia or Eminem or like Motley Crue, and I'm gonna get kind of pissed off, and I'm gonna go to the gym, and I think that's what a lot of people do when you when you're competing. You know, um, football players for sure compete with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they compete with fire, and a lot of those guys might not seem like the nicest guys. You know, when we talk about basketball players, Russell Westbrook many times does not seem like the nicest guy that you'll meet. But that comes along with the competitiveness, you know, it's not really, you're not going to be your most competitive self if you're just like a happy-go-lucky guy, but I mean, there, there are people that probably can do that, but most people cannot because it's ingrained in us that to be competitive, it has to come from this angry spot, this fire, this take charge and dominate the people around me, you know, this alpha dog mentality, And I always loved Barry Bonds' attitude. You know, I fully expected if I were to ever see Barry Bonds in an airport and ask for his autograph, he'd probably tell me to F off. But he's also going to play really good baseball. And unfortunately, that kind of just comes with the territory. So I've never been the guy to look at Barry Bonds and be like, what a dick, dude. No, like, that. it does come with the player, you know. It comes with, you know... His 2004 season, his 2001 season, his 1993 season, which I think are three of the best that he's ever had and probably three of the best you'll ever see in Major League Baseball. Um, and that, that's just what it is with Barry, man. You know, you do get the competitiveness. You do get the dominant athlete. And the side effect of that is just like his cockiness, his arrogance, him knowing that he's the best and he's going to talk to you like he's the best. And I, I like that about Barry Bonds. And I always, every year, man, really love to explore if I think Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer or not, and to have these conversations with people, because every year, you know, I think is a time to continue to think about it, to grow, to address the landscape of the people are in, the people that aren't in quite yet, and, you know, to further remove ourselves away from however we feel about the steroid era and to to be able to look at it in the bigger picture of baseball you know this game that's been played since if you're on baseball reference and you want to look at statistics you can go all the way back to 1874 and baseball's had plenty of different eras you know when you have a guy like Ty Cobb who's a raging racist to um you know the days of Jackie Robinson coming into the game and changing a lot of that to the days of you know the steroid era to you know to what we've got now, which is dominant pitching, strikeouts, and I think what is a juiced baseball possibly, and you know to be able to set to be able to step back and look at the era. The more you, the more a person gets removed from it, I think the more you can kind of take it in in its entirety and realize that in the game of baseball that there's more to baseball than you know performance enhancing drugs and steroids you know to the back when we had you know Willie Mays and guys like Mike Schmidt or whoever taking greenies and amphetamines and things like that and i think with competition to to look at a guy that does everything he can to compete because he is a competitor and whether that's reflective in his attitude or the uh, the supplements that he takes it's you know when you're in that baseball world You do what you have to do to compete because you want to be the best. And baseball, and being a baseball player, I think it's a lot of like having like diplomatic immunity, right? You you, you're in this world and it's like you have to do what you have to do to compete because this is the realm that we're in. And you don't necessarily think about, oh, what's morally right and wrong or what's legally right and wrong, you know? you're drafted into this game, you're paid to play this game. And you play within the rules of the game. And those rules might not be specific written rules in a rule book or, you know, government law, which sounds completely crazy. But, you know, when I look at Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame case, and people don't want to vote Barry Bonds in because they say that Barry Bonds is a cheater. You know, I'm not going to vote Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame because he's a cheater, and he cheated in baseball. Now, I don't agree with that statement. I don't think Barry Bonds was a cheater. Barry Bonds played within the accepted rules of Major League Baseball when he was playing Major League Baseball. Now, that rule book may have banned steroids in 05 or told people not to take steroids in 1991 or the matter of, hey, these are illegal like, there's a law that says this shit is a Schedule 3 drug. I, I I can't do steroids, right? It's illegal. You know, steroids aren't heroin. Steroids aren't meth, and they're not coke, right? Steroids are kind of like pot, man. You know, you can talk to 100 people on a daily basis, people you work with, and most of those people have tried pot. Now, if you've got a friend that went to the gym for a decent amount of time and thought they wanted to get into shape, great. Right, steroids are like marijuana for the gym. It's really easy to get and everyone does it. And it's like, not really that bad for you, but because Ben Johnson, who was a Canadian, beat Carl Lewis and then, um, you know, took the gold medal from Carl Lewis. And then, well, we pinned steroids on him and it was like, oh my God, the big bad Canadian took the gold medal from the American. So we have to make steroids illegal. Do you know when Congress and all those people were making steroids illegal, the Food and Drug Administration and all these different agencies recommended that they not make steroids a controlled substance, but because of the Olympics and Ben Johnson failing this drug test, that was a huge reason why steroids are a controlled substance in America now, because it was to make a statement, and it was because U.S. athletes were getting beat, and Carl Lewis, this American hero, you know, got beat. But... Side effect wise, you know, you really can't believe, I've spent a ton of time in a gym, like I am a gym rat or historically was, all of the side effects and people saying steroids will kill you and this and that, the truth of the matter is the bodies aren't there and steroids are like pot. Most people might not agree with me on that, it's whatever, but what I'm getting back to is this, Barry played within the accepted rules of Major League Baseball, the rules that Weren't written, but the rules that managers and general managers and Bud Sieglick had allowed to happen and had created. And the drugs that he took aren't as severe as what people think that they are, you know. Barry Bonds taking steroids in Major League Baseball is no different than you being 18 and smoking a joint. They're not that different. They're illegal, yes. But in the world that you live in, everyone is doing them. And I'm not saying like, oh, because everyone's doing it, you need to do it. But when you're a competitor in sports and you want to be the best, you do what needs to be done to be the best. And that's what Barry Bonds did. So I don't consider Barry a cheater. I don't consider Barry a rule breaker i don't I don't have a problem with Barry's attitude, like I said, because he's a competitor. And Barry did what he had to do. Barry, before the nineteen ninety eight season, Barry Bonds was the best baseball player in the whole entire world, and he was clean, okay? Now, when Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, you know, they're they're, they're pumping up, they're getting big, and when 1998 happened, Barry Bonds had a phenomenal 1998 season, but he finished, I think, about eighth in MVP voting. You know, Sammy Sosa hit 66 home runs and won the MVP that year, and Mark McGuire hit 70. Mark McGuire had arms probably like 22 inches in size, right? Probably like as big as my thigh. And I got a pretty decent squat, man. You know, not a humble brag, but I got, I got pretty big thighs. I got thunder thighs, right? My thunder thighs, they rub together in the summer. And when I go to baseball games, I got to put baby powder up in that business, right? They create friction. This is physics. I have big thighs. Mark McGuire swinging a baseball bat. He just looked like a bodybuilder. He was bigger than football players, right? And Barry Bonds had to sit back and look at that and realize at that point that, well, hell, this is how we're playing baseball. The guys that are succeeding in baseball are doing this, and I guess the season they had was probably better than me, but they're taking stuff, and they're taking stuff that I'm not. And it seems... That Bud Selig and all of baseball and these guys as owners and managers, they obviously have to know they're taking steroids. But if you share a locker room with a guy, or that guy's your employer, you're you're pretty you you know when a guy's taking steroids. So there's no way. And Jose Canseco was asked this question, and now Jose's full of shit. But I do believe what Jose says, having been around a gym enough, and I've been around steroids enough to understand that. If someone's on steroids, it's very obvious that he's on steroids. So it's pretty clear that Bud Selig knew this was going on and managers and general managers all knew this stuff was going on. So Barry's going to sit back and say, oh boy, this is how we're playing baseball right now. So maybe I should do something different. Maybe I'm not competing enough and doing everything that I can. Like this is baseball and this is the rules of baseball. I'm watching it happen and watching it unfold before my eyes. So what do I need to do right now to continue to evolve with baseball because baseball's evolving, but maybe I'm not. What do I need to do is surely what Barry had to ask himself. Now, I got, I'm going to go over some very interesting, completely video game space alien Barry Bonds numbers, like crazy stuff that's out of this world. And here's kind of like how I know a lot of this stuff, so when I'm at work and bored, I which is, all the time, basically. i um, yeah. <laughs> I always look at baseball stats, dude. So I'll go to baseball reference. Generally, just start like typing in random people's names that come to mind and just check out like their baseball stats, right? Like one of my favorite things in the world to do, and I still do it to this day, I've got a, a spot in my uh, studio, is I love to look at baseball cards, man. I love to flip open the back of a baseball card. Look for the italics, look for the leaders, any sort of trends. I just think it's super interesting to see what a player did one year and then what they do the next year. Um, you can kind of tell what adjustments they make, you know, when strikeouts go down, home runs go up. It's just something purely nostalgic and beautiful, I think, man, of looking at the baseball card. You know, I do, around the holidays especially, man, um, I think I said it on the last episode, one year for Christmas, I got to set a 1991 Don Russ, which I still have behind me in the studio, and... Ever since, like, I got that set for Christmas, man, just always around the holidays, um, baseball cards, man, they just kind of have, like, a special spot in my heart, man, like, I just really dig them, and it's super special, man, and just a blast to look at them, you know, when it gets cold outside, but I still do love to look at baseball cards during baseball games, too, in the summer, man, it's just a blast, which is probably why when I'm working hard at work, I'm always on baseball reference, and... uh Barry Bonds' baseball reference page, dude, it's one of the most mind-blowing and exciting ones to look at ever. So I'm going to like, here are like a couple of my favorites, like kind of right off like the top of my head, aka that I wrote down in a book. Okay, so check this out, dude. So crazy Barry Bonds stats that prove he's an absolute savage. In 2004, he had a 609 on-base percentage. okay. 2004. He got on base 61% of the time. 61%. I don't know if hitters in baseball, there's nothing that should favor them 61% of the time. But just to know that Barry Bonds is going to step to the plate, and more times than not, he gets on base. Like, meteorologists aren't right about their job 60% of the time. I'm not on time to work 60% of the time. There's just not much in my life I do successfully 60% of the time. I just don't, man. I'm not funny 60% of the time. I don't write well 60% of the time. There are so many things that I leverage my life on that I just don't do 60% of the time. But like, that's a hard thing to do to be a major league baseball player to get on base 60% of the time. And Barry did it, man, in 2004, 609. But like, check this number out, dude. Besides the comical on base percentage, like, and it's very true, man, to do anything 60% of the time, like, you're basically a winner. Um, he slugged in 2001, which was a 73. Yeah, his 73 home run season, he slugged 863, a slugging percentage alone. Now, OPS is slugging plus on-base percentage, so if you were to add those two numbers up for any baseball player, they're on-base percentage and they're slugging, and that OPS number were to come out 863, they'd have a pretty damn good year. And truth be told, if that happened right now, and this player had a 900 OPS, so 400 points higher, they'd be in MVP talks. So like this past season, um, here, hold on. Actually, I'm going to check real quick. Hold on. Look this up. So this past season, Bryce Harper, who's the most prized free agent on the market, had an OPS of 889. Barry's slugging was 863. So just his one statistic alone was almost as much as both of Bryce Harper's. Christian Yelich, National League MVP, had 1,000 OPS. 140 points off of just one of Barry Bonds' numbers. That 863 slugging, it's the highest slugging percentage in Major League history. It's the highest anyone's ever done. It is crazy to think that he did that. Now, Here's an even wilder number, what I think. In 2004, which might be Barry Bonds' just most alien-like video game season ever, okay? In 2004, he walked up to home plate 617 times. So it's 617 plate appearances. Official at-bats, which would be times that he was maybe hit by a pitch, walked, or intentionally walked. Out of those 617 plate attempts, 373 of them were an actual at-bat, meaning when Barry Bonds came to home plate, there was only about a 60% chance that the pitcher was like, I'm going to pitch to you, man, and make you hit me 60% of the time. There's that number again, 60%. Pitchers, only 60% of the time, were like, let's let Barry beat me. Other than that, they were walking the guy. He walked 232 times. That is bonkers. Could you just imagine that for a second, knowing that you're walking up to the plate, home plate, but knowing if you're a fan of Barry Bonds or if you're Barry Bonds himself, knowing that there's basically only a three out of five chance that... They actually pitch to me and give me something to hit. Holy crap. And what's even more amazing about that is Barry was able to be pitched to only 60% of the time and not get impatient, right? This past season with Bryce Harper, I know I just made fun of his OPS, but Bryce Harper's batting average was really low for the first half of the season. And a lot of that was because Bryce Harper was trying to force the issue because Pitchers weren't pitching to him, and Bryce Harper is a destructive dude. He wanted to do damage, so he was swinging away to do damage, trying to beat pitchers. The fact that Barry Bonds was not getting pitched to that often, but was coming to the plate still having the patience, it's unbelievable the type of discipline that would have to happen in a bat like that. To take 232 walks in a year... It's unreal. Now, here's here's the last one I'm going to read. Check this out, dude. Um, Joe Posnanski wrote an article for, like, NBC Sports, I think, like, in 2016. And he took 12 random games from Barry Bonds' magical 2004 season, which was the season where he walked 232 times and was only pitched to 60% of the time he came to home plate. Random 12 games, Right. Here's here's what we found in those, here's what Joe found in those random 12 games. Randomly, Barry was batting 556. 556. He slugged 1333 with an on base percentage of 750. Now, you could be a phenomenal little league junior high or high school player. But it's not likely you'll ever hit 556 and get on base 75% of the time. Now, these numbers are just astronomical, right? I'm not a, I'm not a human being 75% of the time because that time I'm basically like some sort of weird old dude who's just like shoving his face in spaghetti and like trying to find out what to watch on Netflix for the umpteenth time. That's unbelievable. I'm not a productive member of society 75% of the time. I don't, I, I'm incoherent 75% of the time. This is just wild, dude. Wild. And he got on base 75% of the time, slugged 1333. I shit don't even know how that's possible. How does one do that? Like, this is just crazy, dude. And that's what's so fun about going to his baseball reference page. It's just all the bonkers stuff that's on there. But I go back to all this stuff, and you look at these numbers with Barry, man. You know, the fact that he hit 73 home runs one season. And then the next season, batted 370 and won the batting title, home run crown one year, batting title the next with a 370, and then hitting 73 home runs. Man, you look at these numbers and just be aware that this wasn't created because of steroids, right? Barry's 1993 season was an amazing season. In 1993, Barry Bonds. And his OPS was eleven thirty six. He batted three thirty six with forty six home runs and one hundred and twenty three RBIs. So this Barry that we're looking at and saying these numbers are all steroid induced, he was on. He's probably on steroids when he put these numbers up. Yes, but this freak athlete, this unbelievably gifted hitter didn't just come about in 2001 or 2004 that amazing hitter was here in 1993 he was here in 1994 Barry Bonds in 1996 hit 42 home runs and had 40 stolen bases now off the top of my head I think Jose Canseco is the only guy to rip a 40-40 season and he was on steroids we already know that So you might look at these two guys as being the only guys that had such dynamic power with the base speed, but also stealing 40 bases requires a tremendous amount of baseball IQ. So with Barry Bonds, you have a guy exceptional hand-eye coordination, the ability to barrel the ball like no other, the speed as well, so power and speed is what Barry possesses. But on top of that the baseball IQ. You know, the ability to hit 46 home runs naturally and bat 336. 336 these days will get you the triple crown. But 336 then, it was still very very good numbers. And his ability to do that was crazy. Now To understand Barry Bonds and to look at his numbers in 93, 96, all those years, Pirates years, early Giants years, years that we know that he didn't take anything from Balco. And, you know, you can look at those numbers and just know the guy's competitive. Know he has worked his ass off to be the best in all of baseball. And then when 1998 comes around... And Sosa and McGuire are prancing around like Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, just slaughtering home runs at an exceptional pace to finish the season at 66 and 70 home runs. At that point, Barry knew that this is how baseball's played, that these are the accepted norms and the rules and the way baseball is played. And if I want to be the best competitor, which I am and always have been, I need to step my game up. This is how baseball is played. And I play baseball better than anybody. And that's what Barry thought. So I I feel sorry for the situation that Barry Bonds was put into. I, I, maybe that's not the exact word I use, but I feel for Barry Bonds. I don't feel Barry Bonds is really a victim, but I don't feel that Barry Bonds is like the cocky, arrogant, Hateful, like mean, rude person that people think he is, right? There's so much more to Barry beyond the surface. And I don't, I don't, that's why I don't think Barry Bonds is a cheater. I don't fault Barry for what he did. Barry was playing within the rules. Barry was the base baseball player clean. And damn it, if they were going to be dirty, then Barry was going to be better than them dirty. And that's just what he did. I can't fault a guy for his competitive nature when he's paid to be a competitor, the best competitor there is, and baseball, these are the baseball rules that say, hey, like, we're kind of just, you know, there were owners and managers that encouraged this type of behavior they must have. The words may have never been said, I think you should take steroids, but... Owners knew that stuff was going on, and they turned the other way. And by turning the other way, that was a full endorsement. Barry Bonds, the Hall of Famer, Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. What Barry Bonds did, I guess, wasn't right, but it's not about Barry, right? It's about guys higher than Barry, the Bud Seligs that created this game of baseball and how it was played. All Barry was doing was playing the game as he was, as the game was being played. And Barry gets the bad rap because he took steroids like everybody else, but he was so much better than everybody else. He was so much meaner than everybody else. So that's our scapegoat. Barry Bonds is Bill Buckner. Barry Bonds is Steve Bartman. We want someone, a place to place the blame to. Let's, let's put the blame on Barry. Barry, ruined Roger, Barry helped ruin Roger Maris's record. He took away Babe Ruth's record, Hank Aaron's record. That's on Barry. Barry's awful for baseball. We don't want to vote him in the Hall of Fame. I got news for you. Barry was a competitor. He's one of the best competitors you'll ever see. Barry should be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt about it. If allowing Barry in the Hall of Fame, the question you'll ask yourself is this. Well, Putting Barry in the Hall of Fame, doesn't that basically tell kids that, hey, you're going to be rewarded if you take steroids because Barry Bonds, we just sent him to the Hall of Fame, and did you see his physique? Guy was, he was jacked, right? He'll dwarf some base. he'll dwarf some football players. I don't think that's it. I think by baseball, allowing this to go on and doling out contracts and using these players to profit... Post-strike, well, that in itself has already told you that it's okay, and kids aren't naive. Olympic athletes take steroids. You think Michael Phelps is clean? No. With what Balco did in creating designer steroids, you don't understand how easy that is. The guy that created the Balco steroids was a guy named Patrick Arnold, an Illinois chemist, and to do what Patrick did There are a hundred other guys out there that can do what Patrick did. It's not hard to make a designer steroid if you understand chemistry, okay? So most athletes who are in the top of their game, they're doing everything it takes to win, and part of that is performance-enhancing drugs. Even Willie McCovey said it himself. He said, well, there have always been performance-enhancing drugs. They might have not been steroids, but what about greenies and amphetamines? Willie Mays used to give those things out. And that's part of what You know, pissed so many people off when Joe Morgan was like, don't let them in. But there are so many of those people already in. Why are we punishing Barry? Because he was better than everybody else. Because he was cocky. He was better than you. Right? Writers, Riders might hold a grudge against Barry. Because Barry was mean to him. Come on now. Barry wasn't mean to writers. Barry was a competitor. And you were around a guy in the heat of competition. Barry was at war. That's what it's like to be a competitor. You go into war day in and day out. Barry may not have handled it the best. He'll admit to you that he didn't handle it the best. He has admitted that he didn't handle it the best. But what would you do? you gotta, you got to address 100 media people every day before a game, after a game. Hell, they do it now during a game. Are you equipped to deal with that? How would I deal with that? When I see another human being, I go the other way because I don't know what to say to him. I say dumb stuff all the time. This is minute 33 of the podcast. Half this stuff's probably been dumb. I don't know what to do. It's just not a given that someone's going to know how to handle the media, right? This isn't just like a job at McDonald's, guy. This is serious stuff. But I really believe you can vote for Barry Bonds and not hurt the game any more than what it has. I could make the case that getting this out in the open and in a sense, this whole thing could be symbolic of saying, hey, this is what happened in baseball. It would be a sense of an admission. We know we didn't handle this right, but it's important to recognize it, to talk about it, and put it on display. That way, if the kids that you're so worried about come into the Hall of Fame, they can see what happened. It's not a secret. It's out in the open, and everyone's talking about it. Because the reason why baseball got in so many problems with steroids to begin with was that nobody was talking about it, and it was swept under a rug. But putting them in the Hall of Fame, do whatever you got to do, a certain wing, a certain asterisk. Guess what? People know about the steroid era. You don't have to put an asterisk on it. We know. Putting Barry in the Hall of Fame doesn't admit that he's the home run king, right? Barry Bonds is the home run king of his era, just like Babe Ruth was of his era and Hank Aaron was of his era, right? The home run king, most people look at it as Hank Aaron. I don't think there's any disrespect in that. And giving Barry a vote doesn't take that away from Hank Aaron. It doesn't make Barry the home run king we all know that Barry was in a different era. And I don't think it does anything bad for the game. I think it would do a lot of good for the game to acknowledge it, to recognize it. And putting these guys in the Hall of Fame essentially closes the door on it. It says, hey, here's what happened. You know, Major League Baseball, that's whose fault it was. It wasn't the players' fault. Major League Baseball let it happen. And if Major League Baseball wants to move on from this, they should take some ownership of it. And if the writers vote Bonds and Clemens in, I think that's great. Because in a way, baseball can say, hey, we acknowledge what happened. And this time, these were the best athletes of their era. And hey, us as you know, Major League Baseball, we didn't handle things the best way we should have. But here's what we did. And you can bet your ass, the players that are gonna come after them, they're gonna be of a different era, maybe a better era which is a lot of what Bart Giamatti wrote about when he talks about baseball in The Great and Glorious Game, is baseball is just so representative of humans, of people, of America. And the steroid era is just kind of one of them, man. It's about, you know, finding what's right, finding what's wrong, growing from it, moving on from it, just being better people. And acknowledging the bad stuff that happened, that's a great thing, man. It really is. So... You know, if I was a baseball writer, I'd vote Barry in and I'd vote Roger Clemens in for a lot of those reasons. I really would, man. Barry Bonds, I really believe, is a Hall of Famer, and I I think he'll get there. Really do. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. We'll go ahead and close that Barry Bonds segment out. If you listen to our last couple podcasts, what we're going to do is record our episodes in smaller segments so you're able to uh, listen to what you want to listen to quicker as opposed to having a podcast that's an hour or an hour and a half long with multiple topics, what we're going to do is probably just record by topic. We're going to start having more guests on now that the holidays are over. But we'll upload these bad boys in topics so you can really dial in with what you want to listen to, not have to search through an hour-plus-long podcast. And you can just kind of listen to everything quicker. You know, kind of it's a little more snackable. You know, if you want to listen to Barry Bonds, you can listen to Barry Bonds. If you want to listen to Manny Machado, you know whatever it is, our um, our podcast episodes will kind of be more dialed into a certain topic, so you can get what you want to do. But otherwise, thanks for listening, and we'll get the next stuff uploaded. All right, thanks, guys. Take care.